Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Listen to the Believe in Vikings podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I write for Vikings Territory, Viking Age, and a website that will be launching soon called Franchise Tag. And I'm here with the usual uh, Bryant McKinney, Super Bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens, former Minnesota Viking, and the same website, Franchise Tagged, uh, writer for that. Ron, he's our usual, uh, I guess, tri-host, co-host, whatever you want to call it. And then tonight we'll also have A. Marie, who has a show on the Brawl Network. She is uh, stopping by tonight to go over this Vikings analysis show. And we're doing all the usual stuff that a February show might have. we got free agency stuff. we got draft stuff. we got prognostications about where players that will probably be released will end up. All that good stuff. But first, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Uh, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. The only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. Uh, for example, uh, Dalvin Cook, I believe, is plus 6,500 or so to win the MVP award in 2021. So if you dropped 100 bucks on him, you would uh, bring home over six grand. So think about that. BetOnline even uh, covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet online has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine, and of course, the 24-hour online casino. Uh, head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus off your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, uh, Amarie, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. I feel like I can't believe it took us this long to podcast together. Yeah. And yeah, it's overdue. And hopefully um, you'll come on here somewhat frequently and I can uh, hop on your show every now and then if that's cool. Would love that. All right. We got about 10 topics tonight. No um, extra player guests. We struck out trying to get Gino Adkins. He sniffed us out is what happened. <laughs> we uh, Last week, you'll remember, we said, get his ass on here so we can lure him to Minnesota. Well, Bryant made the phone call and he was like, I know what you're trying to do. So uh, he, he, he's, he's being diplomatic. So we're going to get into just Vikings analysis questions per usual when we don't have an extra guest. And we are going to start with the guest of the night, Amory. Um, this, this one is so let me set this question up. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, our former quarterback, had an underwhelming year. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't bad, uh, but he threw 15 touchdowns for the Carolina Panthers on a team that had decent weaponry. Um, now it doesn't sound like that team is married to him um, and probably will end up trading him or patching him over to whatever rookie they draft. So if right. he is indeed traded and then released, 
Uh, would you welcome Teddy Bridgewater back to the Vikings as a backup quarterback to Kirk Cousins? <laughs> no, I want a new one. I want a new young backup quarterback that we can <laughs> develop. For the love of God, can we can we start this process? Yeah. So where do you, if that's the deal and that's fair, we don't do that. Um, we never do that. No. Uh, what are you talking about plucking a dude out of like the third or fourth round? Or are you talking about spending the 14th pick on a quarterback? I, I kind of like, and I saw this, we were going to discuss this where Paul Allen's head at. We never mm-hmm. develop quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We like them old or traded or let's develop a quarterback. All right. All right. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I know we, we need, we, we have some needs, but I actually wouldn't mind that first round. Really? Yeah. I think they're very different for us. Yeah. It would, it would be a disregarding of sorts of some of the roster holes, but it wouldn't be foolhardy because then you could groom the dude for however long. Uh, Ron, Teddy Bridgewater as a QB two for the Vikings. What is your pulse on that? You know, I was a big Teddy fan here um, prior to his injury and obviously his trajectory. Um, but I in no way want him back um, in the sense that um, you get that fan base who's still emotionally tied to him, but they don't look at necessarily the performance on the field and they look at it as the name and what he could have been. Um, so, you know, it'd be different if he was still 25 or so, um, but yeah. you know, he's not, he's 27, 28. So um, in that matter, um, you know, as much as I love him as a guy, I love him as a person. I, uh, I'm not a fan of him um, being a backup. Okay. Um, I would like to let the record show that I would endorse it simply because I feel like he, more than anybody, would uh, know know his role. Uh, so <laughs> I indeed support that. Bryant, question for you. When you have a quarterback, a QB2, who is on the bench, so to speak, but you know darn well that he might be better than the quarterback one. Uh, how do you as a player go about uh, you know, conveying your feeling that you might want the other guy to start or do you just keep your mouth shut? Um, oh. no, there's, there becomes a little chatter amongst players. Um, you can ask him a wealthy more who just popped in here. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Bryant pulled the fast one on it of the best kind. Uh, <laughs> I just teased for about 10 seconds that we don't have any extra player guests, and then boom, we have Weldy Moore. So <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Dustin Baker. This is Ron. This is Amory, and this is your homie Bryant. How you guys doing? How Not you guys bad. doing? Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you for joining. I, I've never had this live phenomenon before, so you guys are gonna have to watch me ad lib. Uh, all right, I wanted to put you under pressure. I want to see how this is going to go. Oh, I'll, I'll be just fine. <laughs> I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. So, Moeldi, let me ask you this: with zero context, because you just jump, jumped on, um, when you have a backup quarterback who you personally, as the running back, think is better than the quarterback one, um, do you just deal with it, or do you start to whisper in ears that hey, this this guy really should be starting? Uh, you, you definitely got to deal with it. You don't, you don't control, uh, what's going on in the upper, uh, with the brass, you know, uh, upper management, those decisions that they make. So when you, when you're every game that you look at, you know, you just got to know that all those guys got to believe their battle test, uh, battle test ready. And if, if not, then, you know, they're going to have to prove themselves to everybody out there on the field. So, I mean, yeah. You, but, you I don't do really think, have but I do think there is chatter amongst players when it's something, when it's clear, if it's made clear that somebody is outperforming somebody, 
there is a little chat amongst players and certain coaches they feel like are cool. They may say little comments to them or in front of them. Yeah, I mean, as far as players, now, amongst players, I mean, that's the code. You know, we have our own code, and we know we can't talk to media about those things. Yeah, but no, we never talk to the media about it. No, not at yeah, all. Yeah, but when it, comes down to, when it comes down to us making a decision, you know, us having a conversation about who can play and who can really get out there and help us win, you know, they're, 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 those guys, you know, you, you get behind them and you can see uh, just week in and week out, you know, those guys who get their opportunity, how well the, the team responds, how well we come back and, and uh, are, are we just, you know, you just see how how guys go out there and we just get a W. So it's okay. it's one of those things where, like, like, like Brian said, I mean, you're definitely going to say, man, this guy can ball, this guy can play. You know, we, we, we ready to roll. We, we got a chance to win today. Okay. All right. Well, I want to back up for a second so we can uh, set the table a little bit. Uh, again, it's nice to meet you, sir. Uh, how closely do you follow the Vikings now? Oh, I mean, I play fantasy football and I've been <laughs> I love football. I love football so much. I mean, there's so many different ways of me, you know, uh, the way I entertain myself with football. Okay. Um, you know, I was always a fan first before I became a player. So I keep up with a lot of people and, and, and with, you know, with the uh, with the acquisition of Justin Jefferson uh, from LSU, um, you know, I knew that that, that he was going to translate really well to uh, to, you know, just to the city, um, to the to the to the fans. Um, and, and he was going to be able to do well in the locker room. Um, so I, I had no problems with that. I watched him. He did well. Um, well. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I. I'm, 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 a, I'm a football junkie, man. I'm really right. a football junkie. Okay, well, then that helps me because we had an itinerary planned, I did, of questions about Vikings analysis, and I think we can uh, intermingle those uh, to you, and then we can uh, refocus them about some of your playing career. So the next one I'm going to aim directly at you, and then we'll have uh, Amory jump in with her take. Uh, Paul Allen, um, who is a voice on KFAN and also the mm-hmm. color commentator or the public address announcer dude for the Vikings, the play-by-play guy, excuse me. He predicted slash endorsed that the Vikings would pick a quarterback at the 14th spot. And I'm of the opinion that we don't need a quarterback because we're paying one handsomely who's pretty darn good. So what is your take? If Should the Vikings go quarterback at 14? And if not that, then what? Uh, the Vikings can if, if it's the right quarterback. Um, I'm not really uh, big on on Matt Jones. I'm not really big on stationary quarterbacks anymore. The, the game is too fast. The guys are, are and, and, and that's one of those things where that's a developmental guy. When you have a guy who can run, a guy who can throw, uh, those are the guys that you, you know, that you would, that you would tend to look at. I mean, if it feels Justin Fields falls to you, I mean that he's, he's going to be, in my opinion, he's probably going to be the still of the quarterback draft just because he's, you know, people are, are doubting him. They're letting him fall, you know, 15, you know, 15 pick is what I've seen, 14, 12 pick. I mean, that's ridiculous. This guy's top three pick. But at the end of the day, you know, just like Deshaun Watson, uh, I think he'll shock a lot of people. Um, I still think that the secondary is a concern for me with, with Minnesota. I think that there's that if you have an opportunity to to kind of get another guy in there, uh, I think that would be a, a good look. That would be a better op- um, opportunity for, for Minnesota to, to kind of shore up a little bit more on the back end of the defensive side. Um, I don't know uh, yet uh, what they're going to do with Dalvin. If they're going to 
sign him up. Yeah, exactly. last, I don't know. last stop season or during, right yeah, Dalvin's season. in Dalvin is in the in the camp of here long like four for forty eight or something like yeah, that. So yeah. yeah. That, that, that so that 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 will be good. But you know, as far as you know, as far as Kirk Cousins, I, I think he's a he's a great game manager uh to to extent, but I don't think he's a guy who's gonna really push the ball down the field like he should. Um, and I know that everybody looks at stats and all that, but you also have to look at the way you win. Um, how you win is very important. If you plan from behind a lot, uh, but <clears throat> I think if you you sign Dalvin, uh, mm-hmm. shore up the defense, make sure you get more components to that defensive uh, that, that 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 defensive side of the ball. I think that that's going to be a really good way for Minnesota to to be able to compete, especially with Aaron Rodgers. You, I mean, you have to stop him. You just can't um, you just can't out you can't out uh, out gunsling a gunslinger, and he's one of the best gunslingers in the business. Okay. Now, to your point, um, you mentioned like mobile quarterbacks and in the draft and everything. Now, you played with Ben Roethlisberger, obviously won a Super Bowl there. Now, he would never be considered mobile, but his pocket presence and his ability to maneuver inside the pocket was what kind of set him apart and enabled him to throw the ball downfield. Do you think that um, like that type of play is is getting dated as well, like where you need to be able to tuck it down and extend the play outside of the pocket? Or is that kind of pocket maneuverability still a valuable asset for some of these young quarterbacks coming in? Yeah, I think, I mean, change, you have to be able to have, uh, uh, you definitely have to be able to be mobile as a, as a quarterback in this day and age. And then also that there's so many different people change the dif- defenses up. I mean, they, they get com- uh, complex defenses and these, these defensive players, they are on the line at one time, and then they're lined up at linebacker. The guy who can pass rush, he's coming from midfield. I mean, you know, these guys are ridiculous. These guys are a lot – they're they're much faster. And they're all – you know, they're all starting to catch up to what Big Mac – how Big Mac was, big, big athletic guy. Now mm-hmm. these guys are starting to do it on the defensive side, and they're being very disruptive. You know, these guys got great hands, great feet. They, I mean, they're, they're, they're freaks. And when you, when you have that – um, when you have those particular elements in, in the play, you have to account for them. And sometimes the best way to account for guys like that when plays break down, which um, now, you know, uh, they do, especially when you're looking at schemes. Some schemes, when we were in Pittsburgh, I think what you're talking about with Ben, our plays took a develop. It wasn't like, you know, getting the ball out, and, and that's not how Bruce Arians worked. And if you see what happened in, in Tampa, the change that they – as the game, as the season uh, continued, uh, Tom Brady went from getting hit by the Saints, knocked out of the game, and then blowing them out to him getting the ball out of his hands very quickly. And that was an adjustment that Bruce Aarons was okay with making. So you, but in order to do that, you have to have a real good sense of what the defenses is doing, what they're giving you, and taking what you what they have to offer. And Tom Brady's one of the best to do it. On the side of what Ben was doing, you know, we had to hold those blocks a lot longer. If you look at a lot of those tapes, we were holding blocks for, you know, past three seconds, five, eight seconds to get our plays off. And uh, if you have the right personnel to do it, then you can do it. But uh, we all know you have to make adjustments, and sometimes you got to make adjustments on the fly on any given Sunday. Like we're doing today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With our quasi-live – podcast here uh amory so you uh have a reputation for being a kind-hearted lovable soul so you don't usually dabble in the negative um but but when you endorse something like a quarterback in the draft at 14 or whatnot 
Um, it want, it begs me to ask, what is your general opinion of Kirk Cousins? Because Moelle said uh, he kind of threw out the game manager, doesn't do the deep ball type of stuff. And so that's not an overwhelming endorsement. It didn't say, it didn't say that the guy sucks or anything. Uh, no, but, no, no. But I want, I want, <laughs> I want your cold, hard take, Amory, on Kirk. Wait, you know, I like Kirk. Kirk, okay. Kirk, you know, he's like basic. He's like a good dude. He's like the dude your parent wants you to end up with. He's like solid. He's a football dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, dad will be happy with this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's solid. Yeah. Hey, and what about Dante? Enough about Ben Roethlisberger. What about Dante? <laughs> Kulter, okay. Isn't this a Viking podcast? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, Dan- hey, Dante was a freak. I mean, he was absolute freak of nature. Yeah, I enough mean, with this big Ben talk. The guy ran like a deer. He was a pleasure to play with. An amazing, amazing player and an amazing uh, teammate. Um, I got to know him really well. Uh, he, 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 he did so much for us as a team tr- to bring us together, oh, invite us to home. You know, uh, it was it, his family and everybody was just warm. Uh, and so, I mean, to me, he was one of the best quarterbacks I ever played with. It was a pleasure to play with Dante Culpepper. I just Amazing. Want to hear that. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, he had an MVP. I mean, he was an MVP, you know. I think he was runner up to Peyton that year. Peyton Sorry we didn't get your ring, time. but yeah. you know, that's not our thing. But you know, wonderful hey. players. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, uh, the ring will happen in, in Minnesota. The, the ring is the ring is gonna come. I, I no, believe don't. that. I believe I it. I, I, listen, I, 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 you know, buddy, I appreciate you. Yeah, I listen. I, I, I believe it's going to happen was, too, though. This I, was, I feel like it's going to happen. It too. better. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll have to keep le- leaning on LeBron for all my sports uh, yeah. supremacy. <laughs> I've always got that. Uh, Bryant, changing topics a little bit. So the Vikings have long ignored the WR3 spot, so the third wide receiver. I, I say ignore loosely. They never have one who's overly prolific. They usually have a dude who's serviceable. And so now we're right in February, and that's the prime time to talk about maybe this will be the year we get a WR3 for once. So I'm in the camp of I'll believe it when I see it. I thought we maybe had one last year with Tajay Sharp, and he had like three targets all year. So I want to know from you, if indeed we're up to our same old tricks and we skimp at that spot, is uh, a player like Irv Smith – um, who probably will be the starting tight end? Is he, if if you were playing or when you were playing, if somebody said, "All right, this tight end is going to get you know the bulk of the targets at, at WR three, um, would you support that, or do you think we need a true blue third wide receiver? I would, uh, I would eventually like to see a true blue third wide receiver because um, he is a tight end, but um, <laughs> I could see them going like in the third or fourth round to try to get a receiver and develop him. Mm-hmm. To, to number three. But, I mean, you're going to go along with what they give you, you know, as long as you can until it's like, okay, we got to do something else. It's not, if it's working, it's working. If not, then we got to move on to something else. Okay, Ron, what about you? A, a de facto wide receiver three designation for Irv Smith. A, is he capable of it? B, do you want to see it? I mean, yes, I think he's capable of it. And I think in spurts, it would be nice because um, I do think that having the tight end, say, line up in the slot does open it up for the running game as well, especially with Dalvin mm-hmm. and his ability to make that cut and, and bounce it outside. Um, so that is helpful. But uh, I mean, I, I know we've talked about it as well before. It, it would be great to see a receiver that we can have that isn't just a slot guy, like what Chad Beebe might bring um, to be able to move all of them around so that you can put 
like that's why I brought up Marvin Jones a few weeks ago. It's someone like that who can get downfield on the outside um, and let Thielen or uh, Jefferson man the slot, but not just a strict slot receiver like the Julian Edelman type. So, um, you know, I, I do think that they will address it in one way or another. I think that receivers a position where like where Spielman and the guys have no problem, like saying, Hey, we messed up here, but we're going to take someone else. So, um, you know, even that year they took a uh, BC, they also had taken the, who was the other guy? They took um, Dylan Mitchell, I think yeah. it was. And uh, like, so it's one of them's going to work. Let's just throw darts at a board and see what happens. So, but the more and more I kind of, uh, as we're getting closer to the the draft and everything, um, if Jamar Chase or, uh, or Devontae Smith or even Rashad Bateman, if they're available at 14, like I'm fully on board with doing it just because. You think Devontae uh, Smith is going to be available at 14? Hey, I think he's I, going I mean, there in mock drafts. I know there's I, a lot of. Uh, every time yeah. I, yeah, I throw that out there because I've seen three drafts that aren't garbage mock, mock drafts where he falls there. I'm not saying it'll happen, but this is going to be a draft where there's no combine. It'll probably be virtual again. And, uh, you know, when we saw Daniel Jones go, whatever he went sixth or something two years ago uh anything is possible anything is possible you know in 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 reality i I really i really like i I really like i really like wide receivers there's two types of wide receivers i like in the slot even though wide receivers are super interchangeable now uh i think um i think the best wide receivers are the ones that can line up inside and outside I think Thielen and justin jefferson do do that job so if you do go with a Devontae smith he could play a lot more on the outside. He could stretch the field. He could take the top off the defense. Really give those guys a lot of work, uh, a lot of room to work with inside. If you don't go that that way, I think another person on the same team is a great player, which would be uh, Jalen uh, Waddle. Uh, he's super he's fast, burner, super yeah. quick. I think there's only I think I think when you look at slot receivers, you have to think of in this league in this day and time, you have to think of either uh, two ways: uh, super fast, super quick. Or a veteran wide receiver who can use his body, create space, and make sure he moves it moves the chains. Either way, um, but when you're talking about the draft now, I, I, you know when you and you're talking about that type of spacing, and he may even drop. I mean, Jalen Waddle may even you know he may even drop to the second round. And if he's if he drops to the second round, that would be a great place for Minnesota to, to fill in that spot. If you're talking about filling in the spot uh, a, a, a slot spot. Also, for me personally, I, I would love if we had a true like red zone jump ball threat, you know, like Plaxico Burris, for example. I know like he was a unique, unique player in his own right, but <laughs> we haven't had a guy that's been like six five that can go like stretch the field vertically as well as just throw it up to it because Cousins has great accuracy. So you give him like Rudolph is a perfect example when used in the red zone. It's a little if, slow. If, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> someone with a little, slow. not a Kelvin Lose Benjamin it. type player who's, yeah, who, doesn't move very well but and i don't know who's available at wide receiver in the in those mid rounds that's like that but having someone like that to develop would be nice especially with Thielen, you know being on the wrong side of 30 at this point yeah and i think another important thing to know if we did get one of those show stoppers types that is going to command attention within the offense then we either have to commit to throwing the football which this head coach is hesitant to do um or it really is long-term planning for life after zimmer um which you know he's older for a coach so i mean that's not unheard of that wouldn't prevent you from taking the best receiver is that zimmer's not going to use them uh because i mean we could be on this show a year from tonight talking about a new head coach want to interrupt for just a second to talk about our newest sponsor which is ebay um whether rare dead stock or the latest release um find the exact shoes you're looking for on ebay As for the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop a pair um, that you've been eyeing. 
With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators, uh, which is a team of experienced sneaker authenticators. They verify the box, the logo, the stitching, etc., and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee uh, tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verification return process. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell and flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Who knows? Uh, Amory, the next one. So I have the theory that I stole from Field Gates of ESPN that Sam Darnold, I think, will probably end up with Chicago Bears. Uh, because the Jets really? will take Zach Wilson or Fields, as Moeldy mentioned, and then Darnold's not going to sit there and be 24 years old as a backup quarterback. He'll need an audition elsewhere. And right now, the Bears are one of the only teams that's like, well, we'll see. We'll figure it out, you know, at the most important position on the field. So what would you perceive Sam Darnold's career trajectory to be Ugh. if he went to the Chicago Bears? Man, that Bears front office is messed up. Um <laughs> I don't think that's a good move for them. I think they have a lot of other problems. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind it being in their division if he went to the Bears. Yeah. Because they're going to have the same problem. It's not like he's a great quarterback. They have all these weird, they have a weird, weird quarterback situation going on. Do you think that he they have no offensive line? Huh? Do you think Darnold isn't very good? You don't think it's a product? Well, it's of the hard Jets? because he's been on the Jets. So <laughs> it's hard to. <laughs> Even going back to his days at USC, he turned the ball over a lot. So yeah. I, I, that was his one downfall. So I've never been a fan. You know, I never want to see anyone I mean, who fail, gets mono but, uh, in their 20s? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you live in New York, I guess anything's possible. So I live there. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, she does indeed. Uh, Bryant. <laughs> um, so there are several ex-Vikings that are f- somewhat fresh in our memory that are free agents. Uh, among them is Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, uh, Cordell Patterson, Stephen, Stephen Weatherly. Uh, do you predict, reasonably predict, that one of those guys will return to the 2021 Vikings? I don't think so. A lot of times, I mean, you don't see it too often where a guy comes back. Um, Randy Moss. <laughs> Randy Moss, yeah. But like, I don't really see that too often. Randy Moss, the way he left wasn't even how he was supposed to leave. So yeah. right. that's why I feel like it was a big deal for him coming back. But um, I don't know. I think the teams, another team will end up picking those guys up. I don't even, see them coming Even if Griffin, you know... <laughs> Albeit his ups and downs um, on Twitter, you don't you don't think that he'll he'll rejoin because the Vikings would have a a use for him um, at least in a rotational. They would, but I feel like they also would like to test to see what else is out there that they may be able to have a longer use for. You know what I mean? And then with some of those (laughs) things that was being said on Twitter, would that make the locker room uncomfortable? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's there would have to be a kumbaya because some of the stuff was bizarre. But you feel like the Vikings really want to go through that and possibly the kumbaya didn't go well, or do they want to really just? Yeah. Okay, let's see what else is out there that we can really work with. That's why I was perplexed when Deshaun Jackson was released uh, earlier this, where I guess last week. Like because he had a he had a very very valuable and profitable connection with Kirk Cousins on the field in Washington. Um, they connected for a lot of long touchdown passes. Uh, but 
he last year about this time posted a very strange tweet or Instagram post um, that was like a quote from Hitler and he had to backtrack and apologize and it was bizarre in its own right. And then it, mm-hmm. people were saying, well, we should reunite him with cousins, which, you know, in a video game might work, but our, the owners of our team are, are Jewish Americans and it's mm-hmm. really unlikely that they're going to just be trouble. like, Oh yeah. He just made that little mistake of quoting Hitler. I, it just, it didn't add up. So I had to write an article uh, about it, you know, kind of taming the excitement over that because politically uh, you know, even just as a matter of morality, it's probably ain't going to happen. Um all right, let me get on to my uh, actually no, uh, Moeldi, I want to I want to pick your brain for that. Is there a desire um by players more often than not to return to a team that they once played or is is that really just a fan-driven nostalgia thing? I think it I think it's all about chemistry. It's about how how the how the team operates and then it's all about, you know, it comes down to cuz we're all trying to take care of our families. We're all trying to make sure that our families are straight and we're, we're playing a game that that requires a lot of us. So we want to make sure that we maximize our, 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 our um, earning potential. Um, all of those combinate to saying, uh, you know, if, if the culture is right, if the Vikings uh, create the culture to keep the players, the right people in place, um, that's, th- those are really kind of how you, how all of it trickles down. When you, when you, when you, when you uh, pay somebody like Brian McKinney and you make him happy, it, you know, it tends to it tends to have a trickle down effect to the offensive line and the running backs. You know, and if you if you pay, let's say, you know, uh, you're paying somebody like like Dante Culpepper or you're paying a, a, a Pat Williams, you know, you're going to solidify the defensive line. You know, those types of moves allow you to understand who's the leaders, who the alphas are, who's the guys who who, who, who tend to always bring the team together and, and, and make football fun. I mean, it's a yeah. business. You know, it's a it's it's a business, but it's also you know it's also a game that we that we enjoy to play. And, and when when the game is enjoyable, and uh, the culture is right, uh, you can tend to 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 sign people. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's about it's about designing a culture where you kind of where the ownership has to be able to take away take things away from it being just business. It can't always just be business. Some there's got to be some kind of family atmosphere okay. associated with it. And that goes with drafting. You got to be able to draft the guys and the culture that you want to see. Okay. Um, so I got to ask you that since you do seem to follow the team uh, quite astutely, there is debate on the culture that Zimmer inspires uh, I, because the organization is structurally sound and rarely has, you know, bad losing teams. I'm of the opinion that what he does works for the most part, but then you see, articles come out after the digs trade that shows the stubborn toxic environment that it's his way or the highway. But then you have players like Harrison Smith who've been there the entire ride. And would he really put up with that garbage? So from your outward or outsider perspective, do you think that Zimmer inspires a, a good culture that you would want to play in? Or is it too well, hard to answer I mean, that? Hey, 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 listen, man, why receivers are divas, man. If you, <laughs> if you start, if you start picking, you know, pinning wide receivers against organizations and all that, you know, those guys, man, they, they're like ancillary products. You know, they, they kind of stay, they stand alone and everybody understands it because, Hey, nine times out of 10, I mean, they're, they're only on a one-on-one matchup. You know, you got guys who depend on everybody else. You got offensive linemen. They depend on all five plus the running backs and tight ends to get the job done. You got a quarterback who depends on the offensive linemen, everybody else to do what they need to do. You got defensive linemen, 
who, you know, were trying to penetrate their gaps, open up things for linebackers that, that seal it and give, you know, give a safety a, a good read so that he can, he can fill, fill in a hole and make a tackle. I mean, but when you talk about wide receivers and cornerbacks, I mean, cornerbacks, their job is not to tackle. They're just, their job is to cover, you know, and their job is to get people on the ground. So when you start talking about these guys, sometimes you just got to let that just, the reality of wanting to win and the, the ambition of doing that, you can take that into in, in the consideration of what he says. Um, and you need to be able to look that those, his eyes, in my opinion, were just focused on more of the quarterback than anything. Um, so that, that I think that's where you have to kind of look at that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when an organization signs a quarterback, they lay in bed with them. That's the, that, that's their guy, you know, and, and, and it's not that, that, that he couldn't get it done or he's not, he's hasn't shown that he can get it done. I think it's just a level of which, you know, what, what the, the, the distractions and what goes on and how to overcome those distractions. Because when you play in Minnesota, there are levels of things that, that, that can happen that doesn't allow somebody to go out there and achieve like they need to achieve. And those players, football thirsty players are going to thrive in an environment that the fans love to see because nobody cares about anything besides winning in Minnesota. That's all that, that's all that matters. And you got to bring the W every week. Now you mentioned like wide receivers being divas. And obviously like we've heard that before on this show, as well as, you know, you can see it just by watching games. I mean, it, it is yeah. what it is, but now yeah. your position, you were like kind of from my memory, like one of the, like you came in like you were an excellent third down running back with the, you know, catching the ball and, you know, like just yeah. being able to move the chains that way. So yeah. why, why is it that like say a third down running back or a pass catching back, why don't, aren't they as much of divas as wide receivers? Cause in a way they're kind of also at the same, like, hey, if we're not getting the ball, like, what's the point here? So how come you don't hear that about, like, from Giovanni Bernard, like, you know, complaining about touches and stuff, but A.J. Green, you might. Statistically, quarterbacks want to get the ball down the field because, hey, if you can't get the ball down the field, if you don't put up big numbers, you're not considered to be an MVP, you're not considered to, to be a Hall of Famer, you won't get the big checks. And, you know, and your, your career is going to be cut short. Somebody's going to talk about how your arm is. you got a weak arm. You can't throw the ball down the field and all that. So the check down uh, aspect normally comes from veteran quarterbacks who are simply trying to win the win a ball game. But most nowadays, uh, everybody's, you know, the, the quarterback, the, which, you know, that's the way the game is, is glamorized and, and, and it's and it's their game. And, the, and, and it's uh, they're they're the head of the head of the team and and what they need, what they want to get done, how they want to get it accomplished. You know, they get to write their own story. And uh, uh, as far as me, you know, when you, when you talk about a, a third down running back or anybody who's a running back, you depend on so many people. You, you, you're almost like the, the Oliver twist, you know, more porridge, sir. <laughs> you know, you're not really, you're not, you're not really at, you're not really in that place where you can say, and nowadays with the games being spread out, you're not you're not at that place where you're like, give me the damn ball. You know, those days of being a running back, the man in the ball, less the schemes, and the game is 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 uh is more towards you, you know, the Derrick Henrys and and even Dalvin, he's getting an opportunity with that great offensive line. He's getting an opportunity to to, great. to hold on to something that's pretty ancient. But at the end of the day, you know, uh that's the part where I talk about where, you know, Kirk Cousins has to come alive because, you know, until you get to the playoffs, you know, you got to throw that ball. You got to try, you got to toss that ball around more than just, you know, trying to run Delvin. That's, that, 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 that's just my opinion. Okay. 
Uh, the next thing I have is for Bryant and Amory. Um, I so from your university, Bryant, the University of Miami. I it's my opinion, and I study this stuff more closely than I should. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, an edge rusher, is probably yeah. the most mock drafted player um, to the Vikings as of February twenty fourth. Um, do you think there is a better chance that the Vikings stay put and pick a player at fourteen, or trade back to accumulate capital, Bryant? Um, the Vikings, they may stay put. I can see them staying put. Um, you know, the mock drafts are just, I was mock draft to go to Buffalo. So you just can't never really go off of that. It gives you a good idea of what area, you know, yeah. you should go in the draft. But um, how do y'all feel about if he was that pick, if he was there for number 14? Oh, I, yeah, I, uh, I've endorsed, you know, the best trenchman available, whether it's offensive line or defensive line. I think that blends best player available and need, uh, fairly suitably. Um, of course we, like we talked about if Devonta Smith was there, then you would probably have to go with the transcendent type of pick. Uh, so, but I, I personally think that there will probably be a trade backward like we saw last year because it worked. Uh, we ended up getting Justin Jefferson and a bunch of other goodies. Um, a Marie, do you think we stay put and pick a player at 14 or do we trade back? You're getting me way too excited about this Devonte Smith. <laughs> I'm like, no way. I'm going to start um, sending you links of mock drafts that have him to the Vikings because they're no, out there. I just, I just don't believe it. Oh, okay. um, Fair enough. No, we need Gregory would be a beautiful thing. We need that. Um, but I think we're going to stay put as well. You do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ron, am I nuts, Ron? You know, uh, I think we're going to stay put. Um, I think any movement we're going to do is involving the two thirds that we have to get back into the second. Um, I think that's more likely. Um, but I think being at 14 is kind of that it's, it's, it always has seemed as like a dead spot, but in a way, um, with this draft class, it's kind of gold in a way, because assuming four or five quarterbacks get taken early, because, you know, someone may trade up and take Mac Jones where, um, you know, I don't agree with it, but someone might do it. So yeah. with, in doing that, you know, the other locks of being first round pick, the, you know, or the, those top 10 picks are the tackle from Oregon. He'll be up there. Um, but then the rest is kind of up in the air. So yeah. there's going to be one of those like elite level talent or top players at the, their position. That's going to get pushed down into that 14 range. And I feel like that, um, is going to be something that whether it is, you know, Devonte Smith back to that angle um, or someone like whether or even Patrick Sertain or, you know, the Virginia tech corner, one of those guys is going to fall. And I think that Rick is going to um, not going to pass up the opportunity to grab him. Yeah. Because it's, it's rarefied earth that we pick this high and it's all thanks to an underwhelming seven to nine season. So I'm not going to be stunned at all if we stay at 14, but uh, he, uh, Spielman has such a tremendous track record in the second round dating back to uh, Kyle Rudolph. Every pick that he's made in the second round, if Irv Smith pans out, uh, has been a home, I'm relatively speaking, a home run um, from Dalvin to Brian O'Neill, uh, Eric Kendricks. So it's like his voodoo is, is very profitable in that round. So I okay. think he'll try to figure out a way to do that. And it might involve a, a first over or the 14th pick, but we shall see. All right. Um, Speaking of Kyle Rudolph, Moeldi, I think when Kyle Rudolph was entering the game, um, you were transitioning out. Uh, you and I are about the same age. Um, so uh, I have a personal prediction that he will be. I, so for starters, if you don't follow the Vikings too closely to our listeners, I don't think Rudolph will be on this team next year. His, he's, the, 
He's the fifth highest paid tight end per average annual salary. And he had the 39th most targets in 2020. Um, so he almost certain cannot stay on the team at his uh, current cap price because of our, our budget right now. So I think, um, you know, for better, or for worse, bittersweet, he'll be released. And my theory is that he'll go close to home with Cincinnati because Joe Burrow will need a security blanket underneath. And Rudolph is one of the best pass catching tight ends on earth. Um, if Rudolph is released, Moeldi, uh, which team do you think he might end up with? Uh, well, right now, in the weeds for you. No, no, honestly, uh, right now, what comes to mind is actually the Colts, um, okay. Indianapolis Colts. I think, uh, with what they have already, uh, don't they Carson have like with, five tight ends though? For fantasy, yeah, it's they, always like yeah, they got they, four. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I mean, you got five tight ends, but which one is re- really good? Like, yeah, one, you know, like um, so, that's also close to home for him too, right? He's right. from Ohio, <laughs> right? But but Cincinnati is definitely a great spot. I mean, there's there's actually there's really not you know anyone there that really can hold that spot down for me. And and the thing about Kyle is that I just think that he wasn't used enough. You know, I think that. Very true. Uh, Kurt, Kurt got a little bit happy with throwing it to the outside. And, uh, you know, you, you know, I mean, hey, listen, Adam Thielen is amazing. Uh, Justin Jefferson is amazing. Uh, if they get another uh, young wide receiver in that in that in, in that bunch, that, that's just going to be crazy. You know, you call them the three amigos, I guess. But at the end of the day, like I just I just don't think that he, he used Kyle Rudolph enough, I, even with Irv being as, as good as he is. I still think that that Kyle Rudolph should have should have gotten a lot more targets than he than he got. You know, he should have got some more plays designed for him. And I think he still has a lot, a lot more in the tank. Yeah, he does uh, certifiably. And not long ago, uh, but, you know, sort of long ago in 2016, when Bradford was here for the year where we started off like gangbusters and then just vomited down, yeah. down the stretch. <laughs> he had, uh, I believe it was 132 targets in that offense because Bradford liked to throw uh, you know, underneath and Rudolph, like I said, um, the probably the best part of his game is his hands. Uh, so I wholeheartedly agree that uh, him moving on from Minnesota isn't a matter of all oh, he's cooked. Let's send him elsewhere. It's just that within this offense, we've accumulated weapons that unfortunately we love him to death. He's kind of a, a footnote. Um, so that's what I got. Ron, do you foresee Rudolph or what team do you foresee him playing for? So, yeah, I just like everyone else, I'm in agreement. I, like, he's not going to be back at that salary. So whether or not he will take a pay cut or, you know, if, if that's something, if he truly wants to stay here, I know he does a lot in the community. So maybe that's something that he would look to do. But if not here, then I fully agree with the Cincinnati. Um, you know, it, it is he's, you know, from, I don't know where in Ohio, but somewhere around Cincinnati. there. Mm-hmm. They need, okay, they need a tight end. Um, mm-hmm. He would be a good mentor to that young team with T Higgins and Joe Burrow. Um, you know, and yeah, they, I mean, Tyler, you know, Tyler Croft's not even their tight end. Drew Sample, I think is their tight end. So, um, they they had the dude that got Zuma. Yeah. That dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he was supposed to be like a fantasy sleeper and he was for like two weeks and he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing too. He had a rough year. He had a rough year. I think is what she said. No, go ahead. Moeldy. Yeah. If you, if, if if you if you really paid attention to a lot of the, the tight ends in Tennessee, um, in Cincinnati, those guys they 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 were injury prone, man. They 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 were hurt all over the place. And when if you I mean just to think about what he does, complimentary to Joe Burrow. I mean he's going to bring the dual threat of being able to be a run blocker, mm-hmm. uh, also help 
in pass protection and also, you know, what he does, what he what he was what he was paid to do in Minnesota uh, before uh, somehow he was a forgotten guy uh, in the passing game, which when he when he signed his big deal. And so I think he would. I mean, Cincinnati is stacked. If you ever really paid attention to him with Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, and also the reemergence of A.J. Green. I mean, A.J. Green now because of those complimentary. Really, you got stud wide receivers. AJ Green is now more complimentary, which fits his role being, you know, the age he is now. You know, he he seems to be happy, so he's he doesn't seem like he's going to go anywhere. I think what you do is you you basically bring a full offense uh, to Cincinnati once if you bring somebody like Kyle Rudolph, a, a veteran tight end, which you know is is, is definitely needed for a, a young quarterback like Joe Burrow. Okay. And the other thing about Rudolph, probably, and it ties in with his his handsiness, is that uh, he is a clutch catcher of touchdowns. And he's been that way for virtually every Vikings quarterback that's come through. And there's been several uh, for him since 2011. Uh, Bryant, I have to ask, um, you finished out your career in Miami. Did you go home for the sake of going home when you wrapped up your career? Uh, what's funny is in college, I said that about a bunch of us, saying we should all end our career in, in Miami, Miami with the <laughs> Dolphins. Funny. Yeah. It just so happened I ended up doing it for real. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it kind of made sense because now I don't have to have a property in Baltimore and I can live in my house because I only live 12 minutes away from the facility. So, and I knew I was winding down at that point. So it was like, it all made sense. Okay. All right, Amory, back to you. Is there, because of that, uh, you know, we have to pinch pennies in the offseason because of the underwater nature of our our cap right now. Um, It's unlikely, at least on paper, that Anthony Harris, our free safety, would return. So I I want to ask you, objectively, is there any chance in hell that Anthony Harris will return to the 2021 team? Absolutely not. I think that's the first news we're going to get soon here. I think he's already had one foot out the door. I think okay. it's been actions speak louder than words. Okay. So you are, and you care to prognosticate where he might go or don't you care? <laughs> <laughs> well, I take the, I'm so li- disappointed in him. No, um, no, I know it's a business. I'm not a player. I can't say that. Um, I loved him. He had a big year. And then this year, but this year was tough because we were so injured too. So yeah. that was a lot on him and Harrison. Um, <laughs> another <laughs> one. No. Okay. Well, yeah, he's, uh, there's, there's some camps, you know, these speculation camps that he could come back once he realized, or if he experienced, uh, some dry spell during uh free agency, but on a lot of credible, you know, lists from pro football focus, he's like in top t- in the top 10. So when I hear that he might come back to the Vikings on a smaller price tag, I, I, I don't believe it. Um, no Moeldi, do you see Anthony Harris returning to the Vikings? Not on a smaller price tag, you know, uh, like I said before, when it comes down to it, it, there has to be a culture first established to make someone want to be able to stay and take a discount. And that has to be a collective thing. If if everybody's a part of the money grab, then guess what? You're going to have problems filling in those in those in those spots. The good thing, the good thing that you have with Spielman is that he, he knows how to find all the talent and all the athletes. It's just all about the gelling part and how well and how quick does someone gel. And sometimes uh, that goes with, you know, who, who you're paying the big bucks to. If you're paying the big bucks to the guys, that's that's all about gelling. Then then the gelling that that normally happens a lot more often than 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 not. And then those dudes also, you know, tend to take a little bit off the top and say, hey, 
I want this money to go to this guy. But when you don't have that part uh, in place at mm -hmm. times, for the most times, you know, you're going to have guys who are going to look to find them, their business elsewhere. And also they're going to look to find their business. Uh, if they can't find the right amount of money, they're going to find what team looks like they're ready to make that run. So they really do survey. Uh, I mean, not all of them, but they survey the lay of the land to figure out, you know, where they can win um, or how do they balance that with the, the paycheck? Do they, or they do both or how does that work? Like, what did you do? Well, uh, well, for me, I didn't get offered anything uh, to come back to Minnesota. I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get offered a, a pair of cleats to come back. So, uh, <laughs> so for, for, for me, for, for me, it was all about winning. It was, that's what it was about for me from the beginning. Like anybody and everybody who saw me practice, saw me get after it. You know, all I cared about was winning. And uh, I just saw the opportunity. Uh, the strategy that I used was, uh, was a strategy that was the anybody the, the range of the looking at a team that was in the range of 23 and 26 um, and try to find the, the team that had the most 23, 26 year olds uh, accompanied with the veteran leadership. Because, you know, 26, 20, 23, 26 football, that's football prime and guys pretty much know what they're doing. So from there, that's, that's kind of what that's that was kind of my strategy of just being a person. You yeah. know, to fill in a fill in a spot that 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 the team did never had, or or needed uh, immediately uh, needed a, a refill. So okay. that that was what I was looking to do. Um, guys like Harris uh, and, and guys who are you know moving up the chart uh, um, and and, and uh, expecting a big payday. You know, I mean, they're going to do that first, and then yeah. you know, as as their career kind of tempers down a little bit, they may decide to take the pay cut and go and, and go win a championship. That's normally kind of what you're going to see uh, for, for pretty much uh, most of football. There's some teams they, they sent, they find a way to gel and uh, they find a way to do the family thing. You know, I don't want to go into, you know, what teams do, yeah. but you know, th those are the teams that you see uh, nine times out of 10 playing in the playoffs year after year. Wow. That's remarkable. And for any, young listener or I guess casual <laughs> fan I I want to point out when Moeldy was giving his speech about surveying the land and what he did it worked all these damn Vikings on the show tonight they go to these AFC teams and win Super Bowls and they leave us sitting here clamoring for Super Bowls mm -hmm. Bryant went to Baltimore and won his mm -hmm. in 2012 and then Moeldy got his in uh 2010 yeah, yeah, Brian, 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 re, Brian reunited with all the Miami guys. I mean, you know, once again, family, right? Family. Yeah. It's like this family thing that you do, and when you when you have that family atmosphere, uh, it's very important. It, it, you know, there's one side of it that's business, and then there's another side. If if and it starts from the head up. You know, the head the head down. You know, when you have somebody who's really committed to focusing on building a, a family atmosphere. I would say that Mawadi is right about having a family atmosphere in the locker room. And that's why in 2009, we had the better season because it wasn't about the coaching. It was more about everybody rallying around Brett Favre. And yeah. it, it became a family thing and everybody was doing everything they could do not to let him down. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it became a family thing within the players. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So at some, at some standpoint, it has to become about family, whether it's, the whole unit where the coaches included or the players have to all look at each other as a family type of environment. Okay. And uh, kind of, 
One, or I was going to say touching back like to kind of what Muweldi was saying about like the, like where players are at in their career and kind of like their determining factor on where to sign, whether it being money or team or whatnot. So now back to kind of circling back Anthony, Anthony Harris, do you think because he was an undrafted guy, it took him a few years of cutting his teeth in the league. Um, like he really, other than the franchise tag this year, which obviously it's life-changing money, but he hasn't had his a chance to kind of secure that bag, so to speak. And he's, you know, 28, 29. Um, that's, I have no problem. Like for him, like, you know, I'm all about the player going and getting their money while they can, because you're an asset for a limited time in the NFL. So I don't think there will be any remorse if he does leave, but do you think that plays into it? Like, say, if you were to choose uh like say the jets for example a team that's bad but getting money like do you think like players do that like that are like not necessarily first round picks yeah, like Big yeah no if you choose the jets uh at this <laughs> moment you're pretty much you know bearing yourself you know and you're saying hey i'm gonna take the money but what you're okay what, what, it's, 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 <laughs> or you're deshaun watson yeah, yeah because but it, it's 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 more about when you look at someone uh like Positional. You have to go. You have to take it uh, walk by walk, position by position. Uh, this is a pass uh, happy league, and it, it you know, and we're about and the NFL is about points. So when you talk about defensive guys, corners and safeties, they understand that they have an opportunity to play the game. Uh, barring health, they can play the game for 13, 15, you know, 10, 15 years. So with a guy like Anthony Harris who put his time in and uh, is finally making his making his way and getting getting his payday, he's he's going to weigh that out. He's going to understand that he's a safety. I mean, safeties use their shoulders, but even now, uh, the way the NFL has, you know, coming across the middle and all that, the, the striking points, these guys, you know, playing the game right, you know, they could play, you know, forever. So I'm very confident that he would probably look at to, looking at to take the money, get the money first, and let his experience – speak for himself because in the back, when you're playing on the back end, it's not too many teams, you know, Hey, look, Antoine Winfield Jr. is is amazing dude, but his father was amazing Viking. Right. So Mm -hmm. he already knew football for, for he, he, he grew up in football and, and, and that's what Tampa Bay, they, when they drafted him, they drafted him because they knew he grew up in football, but there's very, very rare that you have super young guys playing in the back end winning championships. You, you need veteran leadership and yeah. veteran experience to do so. Okay. All right. Um, I misspoke. Uh, Moeldi won the Super Bowl in 2008, the first season after he left the Vikings. Um, he went and got that. And then, uh, you know, of course, Thank Brian. You, Brian. <laughs> yep, of course. First Brian, year after. <laughs> yep, Bryant doing his thing. All right. Well, uh, hey, this was a extremely pleasant surprise. We've never had a guest yeah. drop drop in on live uh, air like this. Um, so <laughs> I hope we uh, didn't alienate you too much, uh, Moeldi. We'll hope you'll come back. Um, no. Anything else from the group tonight? I do. No, I got one specific me. question here from Weldy. Oh I, yeah, yeah. In my ad hoc kind of uh, like <laughs> on the fly like researching because I remember you well as a player. Obviously, that running back room and everything, and the um, you know when he came aboard. Uh, but what I didn't know, and looking at it, you were drafted by the Padres in the fourth round. Um, so, what yeah. I guess what was the determining factor of pursuing football over baseball? I guess. Oh, wow. uh, it was all about taking it was all about taking care of my family. I, I went to the Padres. I would have stayed and just played baseball. Um, I had an opportunity to play football. I brought it to him. I said, listen, you know, you guys kind of understand what's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm coming into my senior year. Um, I'm at the end of my my baseball contract. If you guys want to want me to stay, you know, pay me like you paid all the other guys you wanted to stay. 
And uh, I, I only played like three months out of the year. So my stats wasn't, you know, you know, you got to play baseball, you know, 13 months out of a year, you know, right. be good at it. I only played in the summer. So my stats, you know, they, they did a small drop it, uh, every year. But at the end of the day, like if they wanted me to really stay, I asked them to ask, ask them, to, you know, to pay to make it worth my while so that I could stay. And and because uh, it was all about me being able to take care of my family, you know, that 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 was what it was all about. So once once they made their decision, it made it very easy for me to make mine. Well worked out because you ended up a world champion. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Wally. That's all the time we got. Bryant, if you uh choose to do this again, it worked wonderfully. So uh we're all for yeah. the surprise again. <laughs> so all right, that, that's all we got for tonight in Skull Vikings. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah thank absolutely. you. Thanks for joining. Thank you, A Marie. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.